everybody. Welcome to another episode of the B-Roll Podcast. I am your host, Anthony, and this is our other host, Chris. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. It's another 100 degree day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <sighs> Ugh. Yeah. How about you, man? I'm all right. I'm all right. Trying to stay cool in the AC. Same. Chris and I will be your sci-fi wise guys as we talk about today's Netflix original movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, what did we watch? We watched The Old Guard. Pretty new. Charlize yeah. Theron led. Charlize? Charlize Theron led. Theron? I don't know how to pronounce her name, apparently. I think it's Charlize Theron. Theron? I don't know. She's South yeah. African. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it horribly. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm sure we're all mispronouncing it horribly, no matter <laughs> what. I mispronounce a lot of things on this podcast. Old Charlize's last name is the least of my concerns. Either way, an action movie, not sci-fi on, on the from the initial from initial go. Mm-hmm. At least, um, if you well, if you read the blurb or you watch a trailer, you'll know that it is sci-fi. But if you just started watching it, you would not get that for a little while. I'll blurb you. Blurb me. This is from Netflix. Ancient warriors living in the shadows, fighting for what's right. But immortality can grow old, and nothing lasts forever. Nice. IMDb has the blurb as, A covert team of immortal mercenaries are suddenly exposed and must now fight to keep their identity a secret, just as an unexpected new member is discovered. Do you think those are pretty accurate? Yeah, those are pretty good. I think okay. that might be the most accurate Netflix blurb we've ever had. <laughs> Netflix likes to just play it fast and loose. Somebody like watches <laughs> watches a trailer and goes, yeah, I can write a blurb for this. <laughs> uh, so that one's actually pretty good. Uh, man. <laughs> so, man, what did you uh, what did you think of this movie? I think my initial impressions were positive. Uh, I did have to watch it in two parts. I didn't... <laughs> I mean, obviously, I can look and see how long the movies are, but two hours and five minutes. Yeah, it was pretty lengthy. I feel like this movie probably could have ended 20 minutes before it did, but uh, I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, you know, but... I thought you might say that. As I saw, it was a two hour <laughs> and five minute long movie. I thought, wow, this is going to be long. <laughs> but I don't know what they would cut. I assume they could cut some of the action scenes, but this is... I will say this is primarily an action movie. Yeah. The sci-fi piece of it is critical to the plot and our characters and what have you. But I'm going to say that it's primary genre is definitely action. It's well shot action. Like it's it's actually really good action. I really, really liked the action uh, sequences and scenes in this movie. I thought this movie was an A plus in terms of its direction, the acting, I mean, it's got some, uh, I mean, it's got Charlize in it, obviously. It also has uh, my boy, whose name I'm going to mispronounce, Shawittle Ijafor, Ijafor, the the, uh, Copley is his name. Is it Chuatel? Okay, sorry about that, Chuatel. I'm guessing. The first time I... (laughs) But I'm looking at the pronunciation breakdown, and I don't know how to read those, so I'm guessing that. (laughs) the first time I ever saw that guy on screen was in Serenity. Yes. So yeah. I've, I've, always, Excellent. I've always enjoyed him on, on uh, another on good action sci-fi movie, although primarily yeah. sci-fi. Yeah. No, this is, um, 
it was described by many review sites as gun porn. Yeah. And uh, sure. I, I, I'm not going to use the term blame, but I think that John Wick yeah. pretty much redefined the way that they make action movies because oh, yeah. I think John Wick, before John Wick, you had a bunch of different you know action movies. There are a lot of them, but you know the action was very. I don't want to just. I don't want to say dull, but just didn't seem. It wasn't as like visceral. action. Yeah, visceral. Thank you. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. It's and very. Then, so, and, if the action in movies since in the last like five years has been it's very visceral. I would almost call it intimate. They're really pushing the envelope or okay, envelope, whatever way you'd want to do it. <laughs> I thought this movie was good. My qualms with the length length of the movie itself are not really important, but uh, I think all the characters were nailed. Yeah, I thought everything was done well. So yeah, that's what I think. What about you? Yeah, same. I didn't mind the little extra length because I really enjoyed the movie. I mean, in two hours, how much of it is just pure action scenes and violence? Gotcha. Like half, or <laughs> close to it at least. <laughs> Right. Yeah, if so. you're listening to this podcast and you want to find that out, feel free to watch it again. Yeah, feel free and let send us, us know. the transcript. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the primary job of an action movie is to set up the action in a believable way and then make it as awesome as possible. Right. This nails it. I mean, you go to—I was going to say—you go to a movie theater or you turn on a movie for an experience, whatever that experience that you right. prefer or want to want to. For lack of a better term, experience. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think this one nails it. Like, if you want to see an action movie that had that's acted really well, that's shot really well. I mean, the effects. There was oh, yeah. it was like two scenes, but I think they were the same scene. Uh, we'll talk about them here <laughs> when we talk about the plot. But uh, for the most part, I didn't have any problems with the sets, the effects, the camera work, anything. So whoever. Uh, all the people that work behind the scenes, you know, it's you get the big name actors in the marquee and on Wikipedia, but all the people behind the scenes, A plus, great job. Yeah, well, with a budget of seventy million, I think it might be the second highest budget for a movie we've watched. The highest budget, obviously, being Artemis Fowl. <laughs> yeah. Artemis Fail. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, it. <laughs> I want to, you know, you say fail. It made money because, well, we've talked about that already. It went to stream, so people watch a stream, blah, blah, blah. We talked about that in that pod. Yeah. No need to rehash that. I don't want to do that. No. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to talk about that. But yeah, no, I think that's, I mean, I knew you were going to bring the length first thing. I saw the length of the movie. I thought, ugh, I'm going to have to listen it's to him It's two hours. About it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's perfect. I'm man look i don't care how long a movie is as long as it doesn't waste my time right i can see that that's like i'm not gonna complain about a movie being 80 minutes i'm not gonna complain about a movie being 130 as long as it doesn't waste my time okay yeah that's fair well do you do you want to get started with the plot yeah you you made notes right i made five pages only five pages (laughs) huh well it's four and a half but for whatever reason i think i was And I think it might be the movie. I think there was so much happening on screen. And I think a lot of the stuff that happens on screen is important. So I think when I was making notes, I was like, I was unintentionally verbose. Mm, Yeah. My paragraphs are like twice the size they normally are. So that might be it. But you you know what you didn't do? 
What didn't I do? Is uh, You did not explain what we do on our podcast. Oh, well, people know by now because we're so popular. <laughs> but if you don't know, we give our initial impressions and opinions on the movie, which we've already done. We spoil the crap out of it if we need to, which I don't think we spoiled anything today. Everything was from the trailer, more or less. I mean, I mean, the blurb literally gives away the goat. I mean, moral. There's a, there's a good. Yeah, there's. Look, this is a good movie. There are some things to spoil, especially in the mid to late, in the second half of the movie. If you like action movies, even a little bit, you like good action movies. Pause us. Pull up Netflix. Watch this movie. Come on back, because the next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna do a full plot synopsis <laughs> breakdown. We're oh, gonna get in the nitty gritty. I and also then at the end we'll decide whether or not we actually liked it, which you can normally tell from the get go. <laughs> I don't know. I think we give uh, final thoughts, and sometimes our minds are changed after the synopsis and whatnot. I will say, yeah, this movie is rated on IMDb a six point seven out of ten. Rotten Tomatoes has it at eighty one percent fresh with a seventy three percent audience score. Metacritic has it at a seventy percent. Yeah. So the old guard. Our opening sequence is actually four dead bodies on the ground. Oh, yeah. We get a close-up shot of Charlize's face, and then we hear her voice kind of, uh, I don't, don't want to say waxing poetic, but essentially just stating, you know, I've, I've been here before, and each time it happens, I wonder, will this be the end, or will this be the last time it happens? And then we cut. Did I will say what? Charlize has dark hair, like dark brown hair. I didn't recognize yeah. her. I was like, is that is that supposed to be her? Well, like the, uh, I did the same thing. It's all it took. I had to pause it. I was like, "Who the heck is this?" (laughs) I had to pause it for half a second, and then, like, as I sat down and was looking at it again, I was like, "Oh, that's Charlize." Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, that the light on her face definitely obscures her identity, as far as we're concerned. So, and if you feel differently, don't be such a Brian about it. She's now walking down a hallway. I'm sorry, she's walking down an alleyway. We see someone else riding on like a motorized bicycle. He like cuts her off, goes in front of her, looks back, they smile, and she hands him a book. First edition Don Quixote. Yeah. And uh, she um, calls him Booker. I said, yeah, like I know what the heck that is. Don Quixote? Yeah, I have no idea. I'm not yeah. educated. There was a cartoon called Don Coyote from like the 90s or the 80s or something, like spoofing that. Anyways, she calls this gentleman Booker, and she said, why are we here? And then he is revealed that a, a job has presented itself. He says it's a uh, we did a CIA job a couple years ago, and the person who hired us is a freelancer now. And she says, uh, "Well, you know, we don't do repeats. We don't do the same job twice." And then he says, "Well, it's a terrorist situation in the South Sudan. We got to do it." And then she asks, "Where are the others?" Booker says, "Well, they're inside." So they go in the hotel while Booker's checking in. She's kind of standing around, and uh, she accidentally gets her photo taken in a selfie, mm-hmm. and then does a pretty boss move which is walk over to the group and say hey i'll take a picture for you and then in front of them deletes the picture (laughs) and then takes another one yeah (laughs) it doesn't take that long to click on the camera lady come on they come on on. so they walk into a room they greet two other men i'm just gonna go ahead and say their names now we already know booker charlize's character is named andy Mm mm-hmm but they call her Boss or Andy. And then the other two men are named Nikki and Joe. Nikki hands Andy a small package and she smells it and says, Mmm, baklava. Have you ever had baklava? I don't know. It's 
It's really good. Just try it. Apparently, this is some kind of game. I guess they don't see each other very often, so occasionally what Nikki will do is provide Andy with baklava, and she has to guess where it's from and what's in it. They bet, I think, 500. She opens it up, starts eating it, starts rattling off ingredients, and then she eventually says, like, Eastern Turkey, which completely deflates Nikki. He, he's like, oh, no, and sits down. And At this point, it's time to start talking business. Andy says, have you watched the news lately? We're not doing any good. Whatever we're doing is not helping. But Joe and Nikki are just like, this is what we do. This is what we got to do. Booker and Andy go to meet Copley. It's the guy we were talking about before, whose name I'm going to mispronounce. Chuatel? Yeah, sure. Chuatel? Yeah, yeah. Chuatel. I think she actually says, uh, I thought you had to be an American to be in the CIA. And then he reveals that he was born in Boston, then moved to London when he was three years old. So that's why he's got a British accent. So Yeah, sure. I love it when movies do this. They cast actors to play roles. Um, and I don't know if it's like this in the comic book. We should go. I mean, I don't think we mentioned it, but this movie is based off a comic book oh, is called it? The Old Guard. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, well, The Old Guard, the comic book, doesn't have its own Wikipedia entry. So well, that hmm. tells you what, you, what it, that tells you what it tells you. But like, it's funny when movies or TV shows do this whenever they, they hire an actor who's clearly not supposed to be that character. Did you ever see it? It was on Amazon, a show called Resolute. Never heard of it. Okay, I haven't watched it, but I saw a clip of it once, and Stanley Tucci is in it. Mm. He's supposed to be playing a British detective, but he's clearly an American. And they actually say, aren't you a British detective? And he just says, yep. And then they just move on with the story. So I don't know why they had to use this throwaway line, but whatever. So apparently this guy used to be in the CIA, but his wife died. And I guess he quit to you know take care of her while she was sick. Noble. The job is a bunch of armed men or uh, a bunch of uh, uh what's the what's the term that the u.s government uses insurgents i yeah. guess uh went insurgents. in and attacked a school killed all the faculty and stole a group of young women he says you know they i've got intel that they're here but they haven't brought in any food and water so that means that they're going to move them and once they move them they'll get separated and we'll never find them again and he says, you know, your team's the best. Can I count on you? Well, you know, how much is this going to cost me? <laughs> and he just says, uh, I will invoice you when the job's done. Yeah. Well, he, he <laughs> says price isn't, a, isn't an issue. So she's like, cool. Right. All right. <laughs> they are on a helicopter. They get dropped off in the desert. Uh, I guess this is the South Sudan. You guess. It says in big letters on the screen, South Sudan. Sure. Yeah. You never know. They walk around a little bit. They see a group of people and say hi and then walk away it's nighttime now we got some people in a tower with a searchlight and they're just looking around in the darkness and two guards line up one shot bang two of them at the same time drop them if you're listening out there and you've ever played a first person shooter and you or a, a third person shooter and you get two headshots with one shot it's, it's pretty satisfying yeah this murder was satisfying <laughs> no i'm saying like in video games it's satisfying yeah yeah <laughs> uh, don't, uh, don't don't shoot anybody in real life no play video games take your aggression out on the digital people uh, there you go because they're not real <laughs> they roll up on the fence they pull out wire cutters very low tech but i mean i effective yeah you know? yeah it's very effective uh, i noticed in here that well i noticed when they were in the helicopter that they had some they had some melee weapons like there was a sword with the fairly ornate yeah 
handle, but Charlize has an axe. A cool looking axe. I think there's a scimitar yeah. in there somewhere. Take out some more guards. They run up on a door that has, it looks like some kid's shoes in front of it. Set the explosives. Boom it. They breach and clear. They go inside, and as they're like going down this cave, it starts to become more of an actual structure. It's like finished. These concrete floors and walls, and they realize it's a trap. You get caught in a gun, uh, a crossfire, and get gunned down. They don't get just gunned down. Like those guys unload. Yeah. I mean, each <laughs> each of the four of them have what twenty to thirty bullets in their bodies, or like they're shot twenty to thirty times. It's yeah. craziness. Yeah. They're not moving. Yeah. This is the same shot we get from the very beginning. But Andy blinks or she breathes in and they uh, start coming back to life. Their wounds start healing. Bullets start popping out of the bullet holes, which I, it's an effect that I never get tired of. I mean, I've I've watched all the X-Men movies, I think with the exception of Dark Phoenix, but that's not important. But whenever Wolverine gets <laughs> shot and, the, and he yeah. heals and the bullet pops out, I think it's great. They stand up and charge their assailants. Andy goes ham with his axe. Oh yeah, Com- yeah. It was it was a great action scene. I mean, they slaughter all those people, right? Who just who killed them, them? I guess it's self defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny because well, that it's not funny that a bunch of people got murdered. What's funny is that Charlize has an axe. She was in a movie called Snow White and the Huntsman, where one of the characters' weapon was an axe. I thought it was kind of cool, you know, chopping down the trees. But the trees are people. Nothing. Yeah. No one. Yeah. No one. Okay. Fair enough. Good thing these guys aren't lumberjacks. <laughs> the only safe place in the woods <laughs> would be in the, the trees. trees. <laughs> 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 oh, love that movie. Uh, All right. <laughs> one of the one of them. I don't remember which one, but spits a bullet out of their mouth. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty rad. Andy walks over to a wall and she sees a camera and she breaks the camera. We actually get a shot of Copley. He, he's visibly shooken or visibly shaken because he just watched some people get shot a bunch of times and then come back to life. But just stand back up. Yeah. Yeah. He rewinds it and, and gets a phone call and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I got, I got the video. I guess his computer background is Andy in a civil war era uniform. Yeah. Which, I don't know if it's his background or just a picture that's on the screen. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 What if they actually weren't immortal? And he like, just what if gunned them down? Yeah, this guy oh, went to man. all this trouble to kill these people, and then they like never move again. That Jeez. would be a great short. Movie <laughs> is a completely different movie. Yeah. So she gets really, really mad. Andy does. It was never her idea. She didn't want to do this job. We never do repeats. What we got to do is we we get Copley, we get the evidence, and then I'm done. Yeah, we're so, I'm out. Yeah. We cut immediately to Afghanistan. Yeah. We see what appears to be U.S. troops. A young woman is very friendly with some of the children. She hands them candy and her, I guess her sergeant or commanding officer, whoever, calls her over. Her name is, uh, I think he says Freeman. Yeah. Because I think that's that's what you do. Yeah, you call them by their last name. Essentially, he's going to send her on an intel gathering mission. He's like, I need you to go here, find out from these women what you know, and then get back here. And she says, okay. They arrive at the location. Niall, her her name is Niall Freeman. She greets them in Pashto, which I believe is the Pashto? native Pashto, P-A-S-H-T-O. Mm, Pashto. Uh, that's what it's, oh, that, I'm sorry. That's what it said on the screen. So I apologize if I mispronounced that. I'm pretty sure it's Pashto. I learned a little. No, I didn't. I learned some Dari. It's a different 
different language. Oh, P-A-S-H-T-O, sometimes spelled P-U-K-H-T-O or yeah. P-A-K-H-T-O. Oh, I'm probably mispronouncing okay. the crap out of that. Yeah, we apologize for anyone out there. He apologizes. Yeah. I will never apologize for ignorance. Wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> Pas- it is Pashto. Wait. It's Pashto. I want to cut all okay. this. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but no, I she, learned um... I learned some Dari. It's all it's very uh similar to Persian. I was gonna say, yeah, it's, it's not traditional Arabic, right? It's yeah. Like it's different from a from Iraq, right? Well, so like there's Dari, Persian, Pashto, Urdu, Punjabi, like uh, like so Oh wow. All of those those languages in that area, they're not <laughs> They're not restricted by the lines on a map that a bunch sure, of white yeah. dudes wrote after World War right. One. You know what I mean? So right. it's not it's not as easy as saying this country speaks this like it is over here where there are only four languages in an entire, in, you know, two continents. And I, yeah, I just threw a bone to the <laughs> French Quebecs. <laughs> That's the only bone you'll get. Uh, <laughs> no, so it's not it's that, not that uh, it's not that clean. Fair enough. Yeah. We apologize if we said anything we weren't supposed to say. <laughs> weren't supposed to say. Yeah. Niall pulls a picture out of her gear and it's of a it's a man and while she's speaking, someone is translating for her. Yeah. I need to know where this man is. He's killed many of our people, he's killed many of your people. Tell me what you know. And then the this group of women are silent. And then one of them kind of speaks up and she's like, There's no men here. Any man who would use women as as a shield are not men at all. Yeah. And then very deliberately turns over her shoulder and kind of motions to what appears to be a rug on the wall. Mm. Niall notices this and she's like, well, you know, I appreciate your help. Gets her team. They kind of move over towards the rug. And then as they get there, gunshots ring out. Yeah. And they breach this door. And they end up having to shoot a man. I guess he's trying to reload. Well, he points his gun. He's she says, "Don't do it," and yeah. he points his gun at her. So that's yeah. you know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying she did anything wrong. Yeah. I just, it was just he didn't shoot her immediately. She walked in. I thought there was a problem. Oh, but maybe. Yeah. She shoots him, I guess, in his chest or his abdomen. He's not dead immediately, so she gets down there and she's trying to save him. And he says, "Don't touch me." And she's like, "Look, man, I'm trying to save you." And he pulls a knife, slices her neck, yeah. clean open. Uh, <laughs> Well, he, she had just checked him for weapons, too. Like, she quickly pulls the magazine out of the, the AK that he had, unloads the, the extra round or what have you, tosses that aside, right. checks, pats him down, then tries to, like, stop him from bleeding. So she just, I, she kind of killed herself. You know, she she kind of caused it. She didn't find the big old knife he had in his hand. <laughs> well, you know, he had it hidden in his sleeve. He's an assassin, you know. Well, he's a terrorist or an insurgent. I was meant like from Assassin's Creed with the hidden blade. Oh. That's the assassin I was talking about. We actually get to watch her die. Yeah, we, we get to. So we while she's get trying to watch to her s- die, do you hear what you just said? <laughs> well, hold on. So while she's trying to save this man's life, she keeps calling over to another soldier. And she's like, I need your help. That other soldier, for whatever reason, never moves or never stops what she's doing. I, I, I assume she's on lookout. You know, she wants yeah. to make sure there's no one else who's going to try to ambush them or come in behind them but that's the reason why this girl gets her neck sliced is because she was you know she didn't have any backup but yeah we do like she's laying on the ground that other soldier runs over puts the pressure on her neck and then 
she's like, you know, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me. Yeah. Like she yelled out medic, which Marines don't have medics, but insides or whatever. They have Corman. They have right? Corman. They have Corman. Yeah, yeah. Well, we actually get a shot from her perspective and she's looking up and she sees White. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to a train. Booker, Andy, Nikki, and Joe are all in here, but Nikki and Joe are laying next to each other. I guess they all have a shared vision of Niall dying. I also think they have visions of each other. Yeah, a little bit. It wakes them all up. As they all wake up, Niall wakes up. She's in a med tent. We cut back to the train, and then they all start piecing together the visions. And one of them is drawing out or writing down. I think it's Nikki. Uh, Yeah, I think it was Nikki as well. One of them says it's been 200 years since the last immortal was born. Andy and Booker want to go after Copley, but... Nikki and Joe say we have to find her. She's alone. She's as alone as she's ever been, which I think was a pretty interesting line. So Andy essentially says, okay, go to France. We'll meet at the safe house. I'll deal with the extraction. Opens the train door and just hops out. (laughs) (laughs) And then just starts walking. Yeah, I was like, "Mm." well, if you think about it, I mean, they're in the South Sudan. Right. Well, I don't know where they are at this point. Like, 200 miles walking like you're not going to find her quick you know (laughs) but she can't die so she doesn't have to stop for anything other than sleep right she doesn't have to eat she has to drink i don't know we watch them eat and drink right i mean we see them but do they have to do it i don't know there's a lot of the science behind the science fiction that we don't see and that's okay well yeah Yeah. they don't know why they're immortal so who, who knows right yeah the soldier that was with niall when she was stabbed says I watched her die. Like I watched her bleed out. And the other one, the other soldier has a very good point, which is, would you rather she go home in a body bag? Yeah. Why are you complaining about this? Yeah. Let's look at the forest for the trees, people. Let's, Let's keep our eye on the ball. No. Can you give me one more cliche, please? You don't know what you got till it's gone. Right. There you go. Yeah. Which is mortality for Niall's case. (laughs) (laughs) They arrive in the tent. They're talking to her and they're like, hey man, show us your trophy. And Niall moves her hand off her neck and she doesn't have a scar. Mm, She immediately is like, well, it's like this, it's a new skin graft thing. And and then the camera cuts to the nurse and she just, what? (laughs) What? Huh? What? Niall gets up and she leaves. And as she leaves, there's a box on the ground with the word Merrick. Uh, What did you think? About everyone's reaction in the scene, like Niles' reaction, the two soldiers' reactions. Niles, I understand why she's freaking out, because she's also having similar visions, right? The two soldiers, I don't know, it seems like a bit of an overreaction on their part. It's fair. I, you know, oh, it looked worse than it was. Uh, in the moment, my memory is messing with me. Everyone just believes her and not Nile. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Uh. I think it's probably goes to what they're talking about, what the Nikki and Joe talk about when they're on the train is she's as alone as she's ever been because Niall knows that there's something wrong. I mean, everyone else kind of guesses that something's wrong, but Niall, she was the one who had her throat cut. Right. She's the one who no longer has a scar on her neck. She's the one who everyone is now looking at funny. I think Niall is perfectly within her own. Uh, sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, animus to feel however she needs to feel or however she wants to feel. But I, I feel like everyone else is kind of judgy wudgy. You know, homegirl had it right. She's alive. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's it matter? I don't know. I had a 
Yeah. I had a small problem with it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I yeah. wonder how dead she was though. I mean, I, I don't... in when she well, got picked up, you know, or well, when by the ass... time the corpsman arrives, I could see well, that like, oh, she's dead. Uh, and later, right. her their sergeant hands her back her dog tags. We took these off your body. So I mean, yeah. she was. It wasn't like she was in and out and oh, I watched her die and then got to the hospital and they were able to revive her. I mean, she, it's implied, but not explicitly shown. And that might be why this is something that cut to keep it down to two hours and five minutes. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't explicitly shown that she was dead, dead. Right. So, well, Andy says later on that why do the wounds take so long to heal at first or something to that effect? Mm, yeah. Yeah. But um, the only way for you to find out that you're immortal is to die. You have, you bring up a good point was how dead was she? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. We cut to London. There is a gentleman looking for investors. He says his name is Merrick and he's looking to the future. Copley shows Merrick the video after this meeting. Merrick says, unbelievable, out loud. And then he asks, you know, what happened? He's like, well, there was, I, I, I think he, I'm not saying it right, but I think he says there was an extreme amount of violence. Unexpected <laughs> amount of carnage. He uses the word yeah. carnage. So we did not get any evidence. Yeah. Yeah. There's no proof. They didn't get any DNA. He, I think he says we were unable to retrieve an uncontaminated sample. And Merrick says, I want you to get one. And Copley says, well, I think I can get maybe one of them. Well, he says, yeah, because he's talking about he'll want you to capture all four of them and bring them to me. Yeah. Merrick says, I think he says she needs to see results or she needs them. And he looks at um, a woman. That woman doesn't say anything. And then the scene cuts. Yeah. Well, that woman, he, he hands the video to that that lady who we find out is like the head scientist behind Merrick Pharmaceuticals, right? Yeah. She's out trying to get a Nobel Prize. Yeah. <laughs> We're back in <sighs> Afghanistan. She's, I think she's still in the med tent or she's walking around or something. And then an, an officer or NCO or an officer comes up to her and says, uh, uh, you're ordered to go to Germany for more tests. And she's, well, you know, I, I don't need to go to Germany for tests. I'm fine. And then he says, those are your orders. And then he hands her her tags, like you said. Mm-hmm. She goes to get her gear. And as she walks into her like barracks, it's very awkward because they were talking and everyone is now just looking at her. And she just grabs her cell phone and then leaves. Did it look like her bags were already packed? And on her I bed. don't remember. Uh, it looked like they'd already packed her bags, or maybe she just hadn't. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. Niall sits down, and she starts listening to Frank Ocean. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, very cool. Andy is kind of hanging around on base. I'm not out here trying to question how an immortal warrior is able to sneak onto a military base. But yeah. I was she, like, oh, she, she just got on. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, I just, you just kind of accept it. But, but you get at least give me, like, at least give me something like, She's wearing BDUs or something. You know what I mean? Like she is attempting to blend in, but no, she's just wearing her regular old clothes. These two uh, guards come to get Niall and uh, Andy kicks the crap out of them. Yeah. (laughs) And she introduces herself as Andrew Man of Scythia, but then says, you can call me Andy and then pistol whips Niall. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine if that's how you introduced yourself to people. They call me Anthony of Texas. Wham! Wham. (laughs) Andy stole a Hummer. Yeah. (laughs) So she broke onto onto a military base, assaulted two members of the U.S. military, 
steals a Hummer and is now eating baklava by the, the handful. Man. Yeah. That's why they call her boss. Because <laughs> she, she, she's the boss. Yeah, that's that's her. Yeah. Niall wakes up. She kicks the, the trunk open. Mm-hmm. Like the hatch, whatever. Yeah, yeah. She uh, <laughs> rolls out the She back. rolls around a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Andy notices that she is out of the, the Hummer and stops. And while Niall tries to run away, Andy just sh- domes her. Yeah. Shoots just, her in the back of the head. In yeah, front of the right head? between the eyes. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just have your dang. Because that's just, that's cold-blooded. I it's mean, cold. she knew it would just stop her. Sure. Niall stands up and says, you shot me. And Andy replies, I, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very matter of fact, yeah. Andy. No, I'm not hiding <laughs> it. <laughs> and then Niall stabs Andy. I think she just goes, don't and do he that. pulls the knife out. <laughs> what does she say? I don't know. She asked her not to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that again. Oh, man. Can I? Yeah. Uh, what? No, I just, I have so many Highlander jokes and I don't know when to start. <laughs> just... You know, use them whenever you want. The quickening has not happened yet. So the quickening quick, hasn't happened, but they did have <laughs> dreams whenever they got a new one nearby. Ooh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> like, yeah. there's yeah. a lot. <laughs> I feel like this could have been Highlander fan fiction that just got reiterated and reiterated. It's good. That's not a, sorry, that is not a, uh, I don't know, an accusation. That's not yeah. negative. It's just, man. We were talking Look, recently about a Highlander reboot and what they could do with it. Dumb. This is it. We're good. <laughs> the Eisner winning writer Greg Rucka, who wrote this comic book, we're not saying that you bit Highlander style, but you throw around the term immortal a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we never what see else? any of them get their heads cut off. So yeah, that's true. Who, knows? who knows? Maybe they're just a group of Highlanders. We call them Highlanders. That's not even, they're not called Highlanders and Highlander. A group yeah. of immortals that just didn't get the memo about the head chopping. Yeah. I watched this with my roommate and she didn't know that they were immortal. I was just like, hey, you want to watch this Charlie's Theron action movie? And she was like, yeah. And she's like, what? I was like, oh, look, there's a new Highlander whenever they were having a dream about the new one. I was like, wait, is this a Highlander? Like, completely believed for a moment. Oh man, what is uh? Hold on, what's his name? Juan Sanchez Villabos Ramirez. Who's that? <laughs> Sean Sean. Connery's oh yes, character. Sean Connery. <laughs> Do you think he's like just uh, like he's just sitting in New York City and he's just like? No, he's dead. Come on, he's dead. He died in the first movie. There's another one. <clears throat> <laughs> no, that's a was that's, that any, that's was a that any Yoda, good? That's a that was a Yoda quote, but sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he says there is another. That was so, really good. That was really good. Congratulations. <laughs> One of these days, I'll do my um, my golem, and it works well for the podcast because I can't do it while people are looking at me. We should save that for Mythica Two. Yeah, <laughs> we're way Where off topic. We? I don't. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're in the weeds. We're in the weeds. We're in the weeds. So Andy pulls the knife out, asks Niall not to stab her again, and then Niall just vomits. Yeah, that is a perfectly fine reaction. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you stab someone 
in like the lung area. Like she didn't stab her in the heart. No. She stabbed her like in the lung area. I think that that's a killing blow, right? Like, well, I don't, it's it's a disabling blow at the very least. Yeah. yeah. And Andy doesn't even she she, she looks flinches. upset. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's more irritated. Than if you stab something, it doesn't die and it just gets angry with you. Yeah, <laughs> stab stab it again. Uh, stab it again. You say stab it again. <laughs> yeah, if you if you stab something, and you don't kill it and it gets angry. You're fighting the ogre from Mythica. <laughs> she says, "You got questions, we got answers." Niall gets in the car. Now they're driving towards an airplane runway. Well, just a. I guess an airplane runway. It's an airplane runway. Airfield? It's a. Is it an airfield? It's an airstrip. Airstrip. Okay, yeah. yeah. Andy waves at. I guess the pilot. Yeah. There's a guy walking towards them. They get on the plane. There's like a lot of armed guards, like SUVs and trucks with mounted machine guns. And right, right. Andy tosses some clothes and a, a bottle of water to Niall. Shout out to my hydro homies. She's like, "You got blood in your hair." Niall's like, "This is a drug plane." <laughs> Well, there's a pallet of, yeah. I guess, bricks of cocaine is what I would assume. I don't. Yeah. Uh, op- opium? Yeah, it would be opium from if that it, region of the world, Afghanistan, right? right? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's also crates that say Kalishnikov on them in the back. <laughs> Niall asks, is this safe? <laughs> then Andy replies, does it matter? Great point. Yeah. Great point. I noticed in this movie that, well, I noticed at this moment, but then later on, I kind of laughed that they use nothing but burner phones. Yeah. They have got like old school flip phones. Oh, I bet I could sell them by Nokia. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, I bet you could find them. <laughs> yeah. No, they'll find me. <laughs> so Niall sees a gun and a holster right as everyone's getting on board. Andy is talking to someone. I don't remember if it was. I don't remember who the other immortal was, but she's like, you know, I, yeah, I got the probably Booker. I got the yeah. or Book. I, I keep calling him Booker in my head, but is it Book or Booker? They call him Booker, but they also call him Book. Okay, I didn't know if I was getting him mixed up with character from Serenity. No. What's funny is his his real name Sebastian Lelouve. Yeah. I am sorry. I don't speak french not important but yeah not booker (laughs) yeah well she hands him a book at the beginning i'm guessing it's a nickname because of his love of literature yeah and then she hangs up throws the phone on the ground and just stomps it yeah like right in front of these people he's gonna litter like that i don't think they care rude andy gets on board finds a bottle of vodka opens it and just wow drinks it like it's water yeah i have down here that she makes that bottle bubble (laughs) she does something i used to say back in or i'd probably say my early to mid 20s after i turned to 21 of course is when you would drink a lot of alcohol and you just did it and you didn't it didn't even phase you You would just yell out tank so uh (laughs) so i down here tank and then um niall puts her seatbelt on (laughs) yeah (laughs) which i thought was really funny you know, she's nervous about this plane. Yeah, just because yeah. they'll survive the crash doesn't mean they, they want it. Niall, she's like, "What? why is this happening? And he's like, I don't know. And then Niall starts to pray. She goes, I thought you had answers. He goes, I didn't say you'd like the answers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Andy just straight up says, there's no God. Yeah, she gets... I was worshipped as a God once. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you ever been worshipped as a God? Uh, yeah, actually. By all of our podcast listeners. Oh, okay. No, no, I've never been worshipped. All six of them. Yeah. I think Andy is a nihilist. Uh, you know, say what you want about the tenets of social yeah. 
the yeah. social communism, but at least it's an ethos. I think I messed that quote up. Hold on. Yeah, I think you did. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> Say what you want about the tenets of <laughs> national socialism. At least it's an ethos. There you go. Niles, like, I'm not going to join your army. You're crazy. This is fake. This is all a lie. And he says, go ahead and believe what you want, man. It's crazy out there. And then she goes to sleep. <laughs> she goes to sleep. Andy wakes up. She moves, and I guess her hand has been tied up by Nile. And then she calls out, Andre, come uh, come on, tie me. And he stands up, and Nile points her gun at him and says, don't move. Yeah, the pilot. And then, uh, yeah, and then uh, Andy looks over at Andre, and she says something in Russian to him, and then shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> the plane starts, you know... It's not spiraling out of control, but, you know, it's moving around a little bit. I think it was already moving. It's moving a little more erratically. Yeah. And then she says, uh, well, planes don't move. They fly. It's moving. Andy's That's a type of moving. <laughs> Andy convinces Nile to untire. She's like, well, I guess we'll just crash and die. But I can fly a plane. <laughs> and then so Nile unties her. She, I, she asks, you don't speak Russian, do you? And then Nile just doesn't say anything. And she's like, well, because I told the pilot to play dead and then. We cut to Andre. He picks his head up and starts flying the plane. (laughs) And uh, Andy and Niall have a little bit of an altercation. There's a ruckus. Yeah, once again. Niall, uh, she holds her own. She gets some licks in on Andy, but... And I guess Andy turns the tide. Well, I don't think she really turns the tide. I think she was going to win no matter what. But at this point, she breaks an arm and a leg. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It wasn't really a fight. It was a test. (laughs) Niall lost i don't know uh, yeah and then she's like what's your name <laughs> and then she's like your wounds are healing you're fine yeah well, did you see the way she broke her leg now i went to kick her yeah and then she did the classic i think muay thai fighting thing where you lift up your like because i get your shin bone is really 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 hard mm-hmm. and i guess if you use it the right way you can literally break someone's leg who's kicking you yeah so don't try yeah. that no i thought no one try that uh, unless you're a muay thai fighter yeah. Then do it. Yeah. Yeah, go around. If you're a yeah. Motai fighter, just go around and break legs, yeah. man. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, don't listen to us. What are you gonna do? Break our legs. <laughs> <laughs> you're not a Motai fighter. Come on, man. <laughs> Niall asks, is this real? Which is a fair enough question, you know? Imagine living your entire life and then all of a sudden you find out that you can't die. What is if- Niall's worried about the people who love her? Yeah. What are you what are you gonna say? How I wonder if she was always immortal or if she was chosen at that point. Mm. I, I that's guess we're, that's getting into the lore in a way that the movie right. doesn't address because it's not important to the movie. So yeah. maybe we talk about that well, later. Like in, but like, what if she had an accident when she was 12? What if she got an accident when she was 50? Like in Code 8, when we hypothesized whether or not there was more than one bulletproof person. Right. And you could go your entire life without ever discovering that you're bulletproof. Yeah. How many people in this world in which the old guard takes place actually are immortal they just don't know and do you only know when you die that's it might be explained in the comic books but we didn't read the comic book right niall is worried about the people her her loved ones yeah her family yeah yeah andy just says it you can't go back that part of your life is over now this is like luke leaving tantooine like <laughs> yeah. you're you are you no can't longer come back in two movies you're done yeah <laughs> well no it's like you're no longer you're no longer niall freeman the Marine. Luke Skywalker, the farm boy, is no longer a thing. Sure, now sure. you're this other... You now have you're an entirely Skywalker, different life. The terrorist. <laughs> uh, he's, the Empire man, he killed thousands wrong. of people 
pretty quick. Yeah. So with no with with, with and he laughed at the he end went, of the movie. Ha-ha! He laughed after doing it. Yeah, <laughs> I did it. And then they were racist against their friend Chewbacca. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Now they are in, I think the name was Goosenville, and I apologize for any French people who I'm offending with saying this, but... What is our... We've, didn't we already alienate our French demographic? Probably. Yeah. I hope not. They're our oldest allies. Well, I mean, so. I started this off by making fun of the French Quebecs, so <laughs> now we're alienating actual French, I'm, so... I'm which, pretty sure the French Quebec aren't real French. That's why they're French Quebec. That is completely... <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> So Niles like I thought we were in I thought we were gonna go to Paris and then Andy says, Well, this is right outside of Paris. It's been abandoned for fifty years. Niles like, why? And then a, a very, very loud plane flies over the house and shakes it. Yeah. yeah That's why good it's a reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably right next to like an airport or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Niles she proposes some questions and one of them is which are we the good guys or the bad guys? Or are you the good guys? Well, or the this bad is after. Guys? Does, does she ask Andy, or is this after she walked inside and meets the other the other guys? I think they're having dinner or something. Right. So like she's walked inside. She's met everybody. Yeah. They. I'm sorry. Yeah. So Niall asks, "Are we the good guys or the bad guys?" And then one of them replies, "I don't remember who it was." It says, uh, "Depends on the century." Cool. Yeah. <laughs> they mentioned that the last one, Booker, died in 1812. He died fighting for Napoleon. Yeah. Nikki and Joe. Found each other during the Crusades. They were enemies. They killed each other a bunch of times. Then they fell in love. Yeah. Cool. That was actually, yeah, yeah. I actually like their relationship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 And Andy's the oldest. She won't reveal her age. I thought it was very rude well, for Niall to keep Well, she says she doesn't in. remember. And then I think she says, you know, nothing lasts forever. Or nothing that lives, lives forever. And then Nikki says, uh, we can die. It's possible. Eventually. After time, they don't heal up, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, they don't know why or when it happened to one of them. And the fact that there's such a small number of them, even the ones that are no longer around, I mean, that's, that's a very small number. Well, I have a theory, Uh-oh. which I'll bring up here in just a minute. So uh, Niall wakes up from a bad dream. I guess this is common enough to where if one of them wakes up from a bad dream, they well, she wakes they up ask screaming. her about it. Right. Oh, well, I thought you were going to say they all wake up. Like, yeah, because she wakes up screaming yeah. and they're sleeping within, you know, in a couple of rooms of each other. No walls between them, sure. I say. And then one of them is like, what was your dream about? And she's like, I had a vision of a woman locked in an iron coffin under the sea. And this woman just keeps drowning and dying. Uh, uh. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to go. Oh, oh man. man. Just that uh, would drive you crazy. You Like, that's uh, just, wow. So her name was Quim. Apparently, she was the first immortal Andy ever found. Mm-hmm. Quim, when she, when Andy found her, they had Quinn had been alone for so long that she had given up on life. I, I guess what we we learn is that not only from the visions that they have when a Nile, you know, was reborn. I guess for lack of a better term, they can sense each other, or at least you know have visions of each other. They can they're supposed to be together. They fought with each other for centuries. And then Andy's like, you know, we were in England and we were uh, we were trying to free women accused of witchcraft and we were accused of witchcraft ourselves. Bummer. And well, because they're being sentenced and they show all these different ways they're trying to die or not them trying to die, but they're trying to be executed and they can't. So it only proves, quote unquote, proves in the church's eyes that they are, in fact, witches because, you know, they're in direct violation of, quote unquote, God's tenets. 
Yeah, the which which one? The one that says "Do not kill." Yeah, sure. As they kill them. Well, over and over and over again. <laughs> well, they never actually killed them. So. No, they die. They just come back. They're sitting next to each other on the ground, and I think you know they promise to each other, you know, now and forever, you know, I'll always come back for you, or I'll always find you, something to that effect. And then one of them says, "I wonder what it's like to be burned alive." Wow. Well, because they're about to be burned alive, man. And then the doors open, and it's just an iron coffin. Mm-hmm. And I, at this point, Quim and Andy figure out exactly what is going to happen. And I have down here this very intense scene. Like, very. They're both struggling against their captors and bonds. They show, Andy, uh, they show Quim being locked in the coffin and thrown overboard. Andy blames herself because, you know, she lost one of her soldiers. And one of them, I don't know if it's... Nikki or Joe or Booker, but they mention that they hate being caged or captured. Oh, because it lasts forever. Yeah, and that 500 years in a box at the bottom of the ocean. Like, someone actually says that out loud. Like, it, you know, you go crazy. And then I think it actually shows Quim in this iron coffin. Yeah, it shows like, her dying and then coming back to life. And then dying again, yeah. They gave up. I mean, they tried searching for her and whatnot, but I mean, how do you find something at the bottom of the ocean? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. Nile gets up and leaves. That's a lot to take in. Like, I get it. She's new to this whole thing. And I I noticed <laughs> I noticed Andy's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, she almost seems exhausted because she's probably had this conversation like 10 times. But like, we're your family now. We'll keep you safe. We'll keep you from situations like this. And then Niall says, like, Quim? Which I thought was low blow. very rude. Yeah. yeah, very rude. They go back into the house after they hear some gunfire. Booker has been... Tone up from the flow up. Andy hands Niall a gun and says, go look for Joe and Nikki. And she kind of runs off and Mm -hmm. Andy tries to get Booker to wake up and he's not really responding. And then she slaps him. Yeah, I thought he was going to die right there, man. Yeah. Yeah. uh, They do this a couple times. Like there's a couple moments in this movie where one of them dies and you think it's the last time because it takes a while for them to respond. He wakes up and he says, I don't know what happened. I didn't see anything. I was flashbang and then I was shot. We cut to... Copley sitting in a, you know, some kind of room, cameras, monitors everywhere. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's talking to someone on the radio and they say, well, we got two of them. The other one is dead. We, you know, we shot him up. And then he's like, well, you need to go back after them. I, I want you to capture all of them. And then Andy grabs a sword and says, uh, I'm going to go get Nikki and Joe. Yeah. And then uh, leaves. <laughs> Uh, one of the assault teams is now in a church, kind of moving around. What's this? Uh, they're sweeping, I guess, what they're doing. They're, yeah, sweeping, they're sweeping the area. The, they're, the, they are sweep, sweeping the room. Andy jumps into them. And I, I have written down here that this is what quick work looks like. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, because she just, she kills all these dudes. All of them. She's got a sword and a pistol. Another team is about to go in. And Niall's like, we should go help her. Booker's like, no, we got to wait for the signal. And then you hear some gunshots, and then Niall's like, no, we got to go. And he's like, no, 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 that's not the signal. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to Copley watching his homeboys or his uh, soldiers getting killed. And then he, uh, I strongly believe that we should leave. <laughs> yeah, we should get the heck out of here, man. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of one-liners in this movie because I think it happens again where Niall's like, we got to get out of here. He just says, that's that's not the signal again. Uh, then he says, uh, Andy has forgotten more about killing than any army will ever know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Dang. Cliche line, but as yeah. she's murdering all these people, it is uh, it's apparent. apt. Yeah. It's very apt. Yeah. 
there's an explosion by the door, and then I guess that's the signal. So yeah, there's the door explodes. <laughs> All right, yeah, we should go. <laughs> they get out of this area. They hop into a Mercedes and take off. Is it a Mercedes? I didn't even notice. It what is a Mercedes. Type of car it yeah. was. We're in the back of, I guess, a paddy wagon or something. Joe is trying to wake up Nikki. I think he speaks Italian to him once or twice, and they they say, "Shut up, shut up." Guards do, yeah. Yeah, one of them says, uh, what is your boyfriend? And then Joe just looks at him and just goes off on this epic, epic monologue. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a declaration. He's just like, you know, this man, this man means more to me than anyone will ever mean to anyone else. It's pretty cool. It's a really great, it's really, it's well a great done. scene. Yeah. You were right earlier when we talked about Joe and Nikki. They have a great relationship. And I think. They've got great on-screen chemistry, too. Oh, yeah. They share a kiss. It is very... Yeah. Oh, man. I loved about it. I don't know. I like when queer characters are shown as normal, and this definitely does that. Because it doesn't matter if, if, that they're two men, or if they were two women, or a man and a woman, or whatever combination. The words and the romance and the chemistry are all there, and it all works. So I, li- I really right. liked it. Like we said in Charmed, representation is important. It you is. Know? Even though, how am I going to say this without just saying it all wrong? You're probably just going to say it all wrong. And then we'll laugh about well, no, it and correct it 14 times. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying well, representation is important because I identify as a cis male, whatever that is. And I see characters like me in all sorts of movies and TV shows. But it's important if you are of a, a different gender or sexuality or you know, however you identify or whatever. whatever. It is, yeah. It's always good to see that on screen, you know, reaffirm. It's powerful. Yeah. So, and it's done really, because I've done, I've talked about this before. I feel like I've talked about this before on Bod. Uh, if I haven't, then I've definitely talked about it with Chris, where I don't like big romance subplots in my action movies. I like action in my action movies. I don't like sexual content in my action movies. I just want action. I don't mind it being there. I just don't like when it's done for show. Uh, you know, you watch old action movies in the 80s, early 90s. It's rated R action movie. We have to have a scene with some nudity in there somewhere because it's yeah. rated R. You know, that type of, it's trashy, right? But this is done yeah. tastefully. It does. It's yeah. no different than a thousand other action movies where the heroes kiss or get a kiss or whatever before doing whatever the next thing. So, But well, I, I say that, but then that the declaration of love was, man, he, he loves that dude more than I've loved anything I've ever... <laughs> I've ever experienced anybody I've ever met. I mean that—that's what he said. I know. I know. It's this, <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. But I mean, like the intensity he has. Something I'll. I, I, I part of me is like, man, I wish I had that. Another part of me is like, nah, man, <laughs> just get over it. <laughs> well, we don't normally read other reviewers' reviews, but I have here a couple of quotes about this particular situation that we're talking about, which is two queer men on screen which is Kevin Fallon of the Daily Beast highlighted the old guard is, quote, is the first movie without gay superheroes. With, sorry, say, not without. With. With. Out. Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anna Minta of Decider wrote, I hadn't read the old guard comic, and I didn't know that Greg Rucka had stipulated in his contract whenever or however the film got made, it had to include this scene. So when it happened... Well, it felt, and still does feel, like a huge freaking deal, dot, 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 dot. It's just as passionate, just as charged, and just as sensual as Han and Leia, Peter and MJ, Peter and Katniss, or any other heterosexual 
couple who's had a big kiss in an action movie over the years. Mm-hmm. Are you just reading off so, Wikipedia? Is that what's happening? Yeah, I'm, yeah. As I said, I'm reading the quotes. Yeah. No, for sure. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, we're just gonna cut all this out anyway. No, so no. <laughs> I don't cut. <laughs> I don't cut anything. Uh, we do perfect one shot <laughs> takes. No, it's good. I I was gonna bring up the fact that he stipulated the scene had to be in there. I was gonna bring that up at the end, but oh, I didn't know you knew that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also read the Wikipedia as we were kind of we chit chat for a little bit before we start recording, and I always pull up the Wikipedia and start reading. So we are the most Wikipedia smart movie, film, TV show reviewers <laughs> you can listen to. I do minutes of research for this Oof. podcast. <laughs> and I do almost as many minutes of research for this podcast. <laughs> so the paddy wagon arrives at its location. <laughs> and yeah. they it's have an armored apparently... prisoner transport van. But yes, yeah. paddy wagon. They have, I guess, beaten the crap out of these guards or killed them. I don't know, because it's, there's a lot of blood. And they're just like, hey, how you doing? Where you guys been? <laughs> I have in here that like this is a very irreverent scene. They are making fun of the fact that they have been kidnapped. Yeah. It's they're a little they're lighthearted, almost too lighthearted. Like, hey, nice plane. <gasps> we got a TV. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Great. That's right. I forgot Great. about that. Andy, Booker, and Niall arrive at a safe house. Apparently just, it's an abandoned mine. Kind of, sorry. Not only so that they're kind of like, oh, they got a TV. Like the fact that they watch TV. <laughs> Even though the majority <laughs> of their lives people? there were no there was no television. Earlier, when Andy and Niall, they come back in and books all shot up, they were watching football when they got ambushed. Soccer, sorry. <laughs> Whatever. You know, they were watching, uh, yeah, they were watching football. football. Yeah, because they're in Europe. And I think it's great that they're very typical, kind of modern European. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, what else are you going to do? Are you just waiting around? <laughs> I guess. I don't. I have no idea. But I, like, but it, like, you'd think that other, other media that has immortals, they'll be like reading books or playing a game of chess but they're just like yeah i'm having a beer and i'm watching football and i'm like yeah all right most <laughs> cool, relatable with these five six hundred year old i don't know how long ago were the crusades but i'm like all right yeah. cool well, cool cool yeah. this mine apparently has been abandoned for a while uh andy says she found it around 1150 or in the 1150s so you know it's 2020 it's a long time yeah she's like i used to have some of my stuff here there's a bunch of antiques a bunch of old guns which uh, I thought about it. If you were an immortal, yeah, and you who's to say were, I'm not, but okay, yeah, sure. I'm just not going to test it. If if you were reborn in the Crusades or even before it, what do you hold on to? Right, nothing. Yeah, I mean for that's, that's for what a I was long thinking, time, probably yeah. nothing. I mean, I do the same thing. I'd have safe houses, you know, where I could sure get stuff or whatever. But, I don't hold on to things yeah. now, you know. <laughs> I mean, I really like everything I own. Every two or three years is more or less refreshed. There's a few things, but they're not keepsakes there oh i don't need to replace this do you know what i hold on to <sighs> what do you hold on to christopher our friendship really yeah really you don't write <laughs> you don't call i call you every monday wednesday friday yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry we can't hang out during the coronavirus pandemic no you're right i am under quarantine right now i apologize <laughs> uh niall finds some gold statue and she's like this is a rodan is this a rodan and then Andy's like, yeah, I think so, maybe. And then uh, Niall's like, wait, did you know him? Booker, great line. Yeah, probably biblically. <laughs> <laughs> and she just looks over and she's like, you need to find Copley. So we are now at Merrick's office, or we're in the building, I guess, with Merrick's 
building or whatever. And uh, he introduces himself and he's like, hey, man, I'm all about the future. I'm happy to meet you guys. And then Joe headbutts him, <laughs> which I thought was great, except that he stabs Joe a bunch of times. Yeah. That's sadistic. Which is rude. This guy, Merrick, I think he was at this point, maybe he was always crazy, but he is full-blown psycho. He tells a story about a couple months ago, I introduced a cancer drug to the market that has saved hundreds, maybe thousands of lives. Does he not say hundreds of thousands? Maybe. I don't know. Which, Because when I heard that, I was like, there's no way you saved that many lives that quickly. That's ridiculous. Uh, But then he says, I killed a quarter of a million lab rats to get to that point i'm not asking for your permission (laughs) yeah oh yeah he sees them as objects he's a farmer bro man (laughs) uh we cut back to the cave booker is like i can't find copley he's a security expert he doesn't leave any footprints and then niall says maybe you should check the money that's how we track militants and he's like yeah yeah i'll try it you know who knows well he says we'll try it again and he's off in the cave and she notices that she's bleeding. She hasn't apparently completely healed from the last battle. She uh, puts a trench coat on and says, I'm going out for a bit. Yeah, very Raphael. Yeah. <laughs> she puts a hat on, a trench coat, and goes and sees Critters too. Ugh. Almost all of that is true. We'll let the audience guess which part isn't. All right. <laughs> Niall is sitting next to a fire and she burns herself. I guess just to see what it's like. And then her wounds start to heal in front of her. So I think she, she asks, why me? And Booker presents her with a very interesting question. He's like, you shouldn't think about why you were chosen, but I want to know why now. Why, After all these years, how come a new one has popped up? You know, we don't know. And then he starts talking about how he had three sons and you can only go forward. It's too much pain. You know, he talks about his youngest, Jean-Pierre, died of cancer at 42. I mean, this scene is a lot. Very intense, yeah. yeah. You know, and he says, you know... He, you should never touch those lives again because they only blame you or they only get mad at you or they only they start to resent you because, you know, this dude's 42 years old and he's seeing his dad who doesn't look like he's aged a day, right? Right. And as far as he is aware, died fighting for Napoleon. He's in a hospital bed and he's screaming and he's begging, like, share this secret with me and Booker can't. It's very intense. Very sad. Yeah, it, it's a lot. And the... I already mentioned the acting is good, but what's this guy's name? Do to do Matthias Schonach. Ah, oh, man. Come on, guys. I got his first name right. <laughs> Schonartz, I'm guessing. Does, I mean, he's it's fantastic. Yeah. Just, you can tell that he's still, and for that to have happened so long ago, right? I mean, close to 200 years ago, at least. He uh, portrays that pain, and he kind of has that behind his eyes for most of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's like you would consider it scars, but his face, it like worn. I think he wears yeah. that. Yeah. Very sad, very intense scene. Very intense. Maybe a bit of foreshadowing that I missed. So there you go. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I like thinking back, I was like, oh, because of his kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're giving away, we're spoiling about four <laughs> or five minutes before we start spoiling. Right. I, this is the part where I kind of got, not the part, but this is a part where I was a little confused. So I thought they were near a mine, like an abandoned mine, but apparently it's not far enough away for where Andy can't go to the store, which I don't know enough. It's There's just no right mines out. near it's us. It's a cave. It's a mine that was abandoned in the 1150s. Then 
It's really just the cave entrance they're in, right? Right. Not yeah. Some, I don't know. And there, it's near a body of water. I mean, she just drives to, and she doesn't drive to like, she drives to a convenience store of sorts, right? Yeah. I, I have an idea that she's, she does not know how to buy medical supplies. <laughs> she's looking around she's trying to figure out how to do it use any of it yeah and then she just grabs the basket shoves a bunch of stuff in it and then gets some chocolate which i thought was cool <laughs> she's got a sweet tooth man yeah she's asks is there a bathroom and the clerk's like no but we do have a storeroom do you need help and so the clerk is now sewing her up she's like yeah you should get stitches but this will do for now and then andy says you haven't asked me and then this young woman's like i don't need i don't need to ask you you know you're in trouble you needed help. Your business is your business. We were, we're not meant to be alone. You gotta, you know, we gotta look out for each other. I have it down here that this is a really sobering moment for Andy because throughout this movie, she's been very critical, she's very nihilistic. And I guess maybe this is a little bit of a, you know, trying to pull her back away from the brink. Yeah. Dur- I, I don't know if it's during, I think it's during the scene. She kind of has a little bit of a flashback and there's a, a guy named Lycan, L-Y-K-O-N, dies. And this is the... Not this scene, but like any scene in which she's in barbaric clothing, I thought was like very, very cheesy. Yeah, very. Yeah, very it was. Bad. It was. It's pretty cheesy. She's an old leather armor get up and whatnot. And it's very much. It looks like something out of Hercules. Yeah. Kevin Sorbo should be there with her, guiding her along, <laughs> and then immediately walk off scene. Yeah, never to be seen ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. We cut back to Merrick and Copley. Copley appears to be against the testing. Merrick's tests are very questionable. They're like slicing skin off of them. Nikki asks the doctor why she's doing what she's doing. And then she says, you know, I'm, I believe that I'm doing this for the greater good of humanity. I can save lives. And Nikki just very flatly states like, you know, I've heard this before. I've heard this so many times. All you guys are all the same that it's not going to work out. Yeah. Niall has a dream of someone getting shot. I don't know who it was. It just shows someone getting shot. At least that's what I think it was. It, it happened really fast and I didn't want to rewind it because it was, I was already like at an hour 40. I don't, I don't recall that, but okay. Yeah. So, oh no, it's the, um, she dreams of the guy that she shot. Yeah. Okay. That's what she's that's dreaming right. of. That's right. Andy and Niall are kind of hanging out next to each other. And I guess Andy has her phone and she hands it back to her, which still somehow charged, whatever. You know, they have all these burner phones and I let this girl walk around with this smartphone, which how it's not being tracked by the U.S. government and or. Oh, you just wrap it in tinfoil, man. Totally works. Sure. Sure. She mentions how her dad was also a Marine and died when she was 11. And Andy mentions that she doesn't remember what her mother looks like or her sisters look like. Andy brings up a really good point. Well, Niall says, well, I guess you'd forget a lot of stuff being like that. And Andy's like, it's not what you forget. It's what you remember. I think she's right. I think it's the things that hurt the most are the things that you remember. Yeah. All the trivial stuff, it's not important, but it's the truly memorable stuff. That's what she's talking about. Booker comes out and he's like, yo, I got an address. It's right outside of London. They, I guess, drive to England from France, which you technically can do. Yeah. Because they have that, that under the, the channel. Is it a tunnel? Well, no it's idea. it's called the channel. It's uh, Really? It's dug underneath the English channel and you drive onto a train, like an underground train, and it takes you. That's a real thing. Niall is not hip. She doesn't want to kill anybody. 
Andy's like, yo, this is your life now. This is important. You have to understand that there's no going back. Yeah, but there's the difference between not going back and, and moving forward. Sure. They all kind of bought in, and this is not addressed in the movies, in the movie at all, but they all kind of bought into, oh yeah, we're supposed to be warriors because we can't die, so we should go in these situations and do these extreme things to help people. But that's just Andy. She's just like, yep, you're with us. You're part of the, the army, she calls it. Well, I mean, she lets her go. She does, uh, right here. But up to this point, I think everyone's just assumed that she's coming along. No one's outright asked uh, Niall if this is what she wants. There's lots of things you can do with immortality that aren't murder. Well, doesn't she say to Booker that she'll be back? I think she says that to her. This is probably a conversation that she's had a bunch of times with other immortals. We say a bunch of times. There's only five other ones that's a bunch sure <laughs> out of nine billion people well i'm more than that because they gotta count all the people that have died booker asks where's niall and then she's like you and me book now and always so i think it's just andy knows that they'll find her again one way or another oh so yeah i think that's the reason why she just lets her go yeah and there's something critical happens in the scene where she lets niall go what happens so booker hands a handgun to andy and then andy's handing handing uh, like a submachine gun or a rifle or what have you to to Niall. Niall turns it down, hands it back to her, says, I don't want this. And mm-hmm. so she they swap guns. And so she you know she says, you can take the car, when you ditch it, when you destroy it or whatever, destroy the weapons. So they swapped guns before uh, Andy and Booker go into this compound, house, mm-hmm. building. Yeah. Estate? Estate. That is a good word for it, yes. But that's important in a minute. Yeah. So it's so- worth pointing out now. Niall drives up to what looks like a military checkpoint, drives near the fence and gets out of her car. She's about to put the gun in the trunk. And I, get, I think she's like kind of dumped the ammo and she realizes that the magazine is empty. Yeah. We cut to Booker and Andy. They're walking up the stairs. They see what looks like Copley. Andy goes in first. Copley turns around and he says her name out loud. He says, Andrew Match, the Scythian, the Eternal Warrior. Which wasn't that a wasn't that a Sega Genesis game, Eternal Warriors? I don't know. I think it was a Sega Genesis game. Anyways, Booker shoots Andy in the back. Yeah. Oh, uh, betrayal. Can you insert that guy saying betrayal from Halo right then? Yeah. No. I did. Uh, <laughs> I'll do it right here. Hold on. Give me a moment. <laughs> Done. All right. He's like, you need to listen to him, Andy. Copley says you can save humanity. Andy doesn't want to hear it. No. And Booker reveals to her, he's like, if he can find a way to unlock the gift of immortality, maybe he can help us die. Maybe he can end it, which I think is, you know, we're all, we're looking at the positive side effects and the benefits of being immortal, but the negativity, all the pain, the sadness, all the negative experiences. Well, yeah, if they weren't going around being murderers Murderers. for hire, (laughs) maybe they wouldn't have as many of those feelings. That's fair. But whatever. It's I'm not here to judge. <laughs> yeah, we're not immortal. We <laughs> that we, we have of. no laws to fit your crime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Booker notices that Andy is not healing. Merrick shows up, detains the two of them, and then he wants to know why she's not healing. And then Booker just says, she lost the immortality. <laughs> Merrick says, well, you know, let's take her anyways. And Copley's out. He's like, we can't do this. If she's not immortal, we're, you're going to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason to do any more tests on her. And for his trouble, he gets smacked in the head, which is kind of rude. Yeah. Just a, just kind of. Yeah. Just kind of. A little love tap. <laughs> Andy and Booker now arrive in the same lab that Nikki and Joe are in. Yes. They notice that she's injured. She's not healing. And 
and Nikki says to Merrick, you know, there's nothing you can do if Andy's supposed to die. You know, all things die, which is true. Well, we cut back to Copley. Niall is in the room and he's got a conspiracy board. Like there's pictures, photos, uh, newspaper clippings, all sorts of I mean, stuff. The whole nine yards. It is in depth. Yeah. And he talks about, he goes through a couple of the things. He says, you know, she saved this group of people at this time and you know one of those people's grandson uh stop like this is the guy that stopped a nuclear war and you know and blah 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 and it just he talks about how all the good that they've done that all the lives that they've saved all the 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 right that the rights that they've wronged have had a greater impact on humanity than any of them realize and niall actually mentions out loud she's like she can't see it she's so deep in this life she doesn't realize all the things that she's done yeah Copley's heart's in the right place. He talks about his uh, his wife and she couldn't speak at the end and how her death was terrible. And he's like, I, I, all I wanted to do was save lives. That's all. Yeah. Copley agrees to take Niall to Merrick. They leave in the car. They arrive at the building. And we see a, a security room looking at a bunch of cameras. And then I was like, oh man, they're going to get seen. We cut to them like on the ground floor. And he's like, oh, there's no cameras here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Cool. Great. Yeah. She's arming up. He grabs a gun and he's like, oh, I can help you get in there. And she's like, no, you're going to die. He's like, well, I can help. <laughs> you won't help by throwing your life away, Copley. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. But she goes, you know, you helped. Thanks for getting me here. You know, no, get the yeah. heck out. Why don't you make like a tree? Get out of here. N- uh, Niall gets in the elevator and she kind of psychs herself up a little bit. Gets to the whatever floor she's on. I think he says 15th. Mm-hmm. She uh, rounds a corner, sees a couple dudes and they shoot her. Two to the yeah. chest. Yeah. Boom, boom. <laughs> Then she plays dead, <laughs> and then she sh- and then she shoots him. You know, as one she's does. Dead, yeah. She's dead. We cut to the lab. Nikki and Joe are mad at Booker. Well, I think they have every right to be. You know, he's a traitor. He's a traitor to the cause. Book even says, "You know, I killed. I killed her." Yeah, he's. You know, he's taking responsibility for his actions. Yeah. Okay. That's the positive spin I was looking for. <laughs> positive vibes from this podcast. This has been another episode of Justifying the Actions of a Murderer. <laughs> no, 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 no. Niall actually happens upon Merrick. <laughs> she's like, where's Andy? She gets shot at. And uh, the whole time she's been walking around with like this, uh, like a soft carrying case, like a gig bag. If you ever had a guitar, it's yeah. like a big, long banjo. Yeah. But I think it's actually Andy's axe. Yeah, it is. I thought it was like a rifle case or something, but it's, yeah, she's totally just like, I'm yeah. going to bring Andy your axe. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, so here's my thought. I, I was going to tell you about it earlier. Is Andy losing her immortality because Niall is there? They kind of imply that, but she does heal after Niall is around. I don't know. Yeah, it's unknown. I don't know. And apparently that was actually a change from the comics. Oh. Yeah, there's a few, there's two or three changes, but that's that's like one of them. And I think they did it to increase the stakes here at the end. It's Fair a enough. good change. No, yeah, yeah. Niall shows up, shoots some bad guys. She unrestrains the restraints, gets them all out, and Booker's just laying on the table. And then Andy's like, you got to come with me. We haven't done a good enough job of living. So she kind of rallies Booker. They sweep some rooms, kill some bad guys, get some guns. They do it in a very well choreographed. Oh, and, uh, very well choreographed. You can tell they've been fighting together for a long time. Done this a yeah, lot. Yeah, I'm. I'm just skipping over it for <laughs> brevity's sake. They're coordinating their attacks in a way that I mean, 
we compared this to John Wick earlier, and John Wick is almost like a dance, you know, and this is very much like that as well. But it's with the five of them. They, yeah. They're taking bullets for Andy. You know, one person will hit somebody. The next person will finish them off. You know, that that type of thing. Really well uh, choreographed and well executed. Yeah. And that is really all of the action scenes, but this one especially, this climatic one. It looks like they're about to breach some room, and then uh, someone blows the wall away, and then you cut to Keen with a grenade launcher. Yeah. He walks in, kicks Nikki in the head, and Joe, Nikki, and Keen have a little fight. Booker, Andy, and Niall escape the area. They're, they're kind of pinned down, exchanging some bullets with some of the guards. Andy just, I guess she just gets tired of it because she looks over and finds a fire axe <laughs> and proceeds to uh, turn back into the woods woman. Yeah. My favorite part is she turns down a hallway and there's a big, 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 big boy and he shoots at her and she <laughs> she blocks the first bullet with the, the head of the axe. I thought it was great. Yeah. She stabs him with his own knife. She Several beats times. him with his own billy club. Knocks him to the ground. They're like, where's Merrick? I thought this guy was like going to take the, the information, to, you know, to the grave. But a smart man, this guard, because he just says penthouse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then they have a little bit of a, a they have a, I don't know, this is back and forth where he goes, oh, like Oslo. And then uh, I think Andy says, no, like San Paulo in 34. And they're like, okay. Dial asks 1934, and then... No, she goes, what happened in Solo, Oslo in 1934? <laughs> yeah, 1834, and then they just walk away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they split up. Andy is, uh, she's about to breach the door, and then Niall's like, no, 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 let me go first. And then she says, Andy, you can't, you know, you'll die. And then Andy says, I always go first. If it doesn't work out this time, you can go first next time. <laughs> <laughs> Like, all right, yeah. All right, all right. Uh, yeah. Joe repels into the window. That's, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I thought this was like, um, you were playing like Rainbow Six Vegas, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Two people at the door, one person on the window. Yeah, it was great. He swings in, he sees Keen, and then is like, you shot Nikki, and you shouldn't have done that. Flips him over and snaps his neck. Well, uh, brutal. I yeah. was, uh, like, that's. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> man. They notice that the elevator is going down. They're like, Merrick's getting away. She tells Booker, Joe, and Andy to go after him. And Niall's like, are you okay? Talking to Andy. And Andy just replies, it hurts. Everything hurts. <laughs> this is fair. Yeah. It's fair. All right. This is when Andy thinks that Niall showed up when Andy lost the ability to heal. She says, you know, I've been doing this the wrong way. You know, you showed me that there's people out there still worth fighting for. She, you know, I guess she gets pulled completely back from her nihilism. And then Merrick shows up. You know, I guess he didn't take the elevator down. <laughs> and then points a gun at him. But Niall points a gun at him. And he calls him selfish. He's like, you know, I could have, uh, I could save people. You know, you're taking this away from me. And then Andy asks Niall if Merrick speaks Russian. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Niall turns and shoots Andy. Merrick shoots Niall. But Andy actually didn't get shot. Uh, I guess she like rolls on the ground and snatches the axe out of his hands and buries it into his neck. Yeah. <laughs> I have sick. <laughs> yeah, it was slick. <laughs> He's about to shoot Andy. Niall steps in front of the bullet and then pushes them both out the window. And then they fall. She screams the whole way down. I mean, that's, I mean, that's gotta be, <laughs> even though you know you're going to live at the yeah. bottom, that's going to be just terrifying. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Uh, Andy, 
Joe, Nikki, Booker, they all arrive at the car. She gets up. She starts healing. She hands Andy her axe back, and they're like, all right, we should leave. Because as soon as they get into their car and drive away, a bunch of civilians notice the noise and gunshots and car that was completely destroyed by two bodies, and then the police show up. Yeah. Yeah. They make their exit right as the cops show up. Yeah. yeah. There's no reason to hang around. None so, at all. they're at a pub. I liked the little sign in the pub. Founded 500 years ago. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, man, how long have they been meeting at this pub? <laughs> yeah. Booker's outside by himself. I guess they're deciding, to, deciding if he can actually stay with them. Niall goes outside, and she's talking to him, and she has her phone, and you know he's like, hey, so what's going on? And she's like, well... I talked to Copley and he said that he can fix the situation and make look make it look like I was killed in action. Yeah. My mother will grieve, but she'll eventually get past it just like she did when, you know, with my dad. That was really interesting. Yeah. That was all part of Booker's point earlier when they're in the when they're in the mine or the cave. He's like, the pain is just so much. Not only is Niall's mother going to experience this pain, Niall is going to experience it with her, but then eventually she's just going to hold on to it. So Yeah, it's interesting. Booker is now by himself next to the river. Andy approaches him and says, they've decided you got to be, you can meet us here in 100 years, but you're alone till then. It's a lot. He's like, you know, I, I expected more. It's a long time, but I thought it was going to be far longer. And then Andy says she's going to miss him and they hug and, he says, you know, I won't see you again, but she tells him to have a little faith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Booker accepts his punishment. Then we cut to the team meeting with Copley, and he shows them all the good that they've done. Uh, then Andy says, all right, you're going to take care of this. You're going to erase all proof that we've ever existed. You know, if we leave a footprint in the sand, if there's a picture, anything, you're going to get rid of it. I think what I think she actually says out loud, like, we don't have the answers to the questions, but we have purpose. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Cliche enough, but, it, you know, yeah. Why not? It fits. So we get a cut for six months. We're in Paris. A door opens. Well, they st- bottle gets... Did they not start the credits at this point? No. It looks like it's going to... Well, it, it shows the it, title it says, screen. It says the old guard. It says... And then it goes dot, right, dot, yeah. dot. And then it goes... So it's like a unexpected add-on. The story is yeah. ended. Yeah. It's Booker. I think he might actually be drunk, but... Well, he's very drunk. He notices... <laughs> He notices his door is open and he kicks it open and pulls his gun out. And there's a woman standing there and she says, uh, you know, I've waited a long time to meet you, Booker. Uh, and the camera pans up and it's Quim. Yeah. Man. I thought, hey, she's going to show. If they make a sequel, that lady's coming back. Right. Straight up. I did not expect them to tease it. For some reason, I thought it was Andy. Like when they first showed the fact that it's a woman. Yeah. But when it starts, ta- when she starts talking. Right. But yeah, it's Quim, the lady who was supposed to have drowned for 500 years at the bottom of the ocean in an iron coffin. Dang. You think she holds a grudge? I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, gonna call a, you're going to call a duck a duck? I'm going to call a duck a duck, yes. She's, she's such a grudgy wudgy. <laughs> Grud- <Ugh. laughs> I didn't like what you just said. Uh, <laughs> you didn't like the thing that I said with my mouth? <laughs> no, I did not. So, Anthony. Yeah. Do you think this show's worth the price of subscription? Yeah. Show. Movie. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know you, you meant. <laughs> does this play, this digital play, <laughs> meet your standards? Yes, it does. But I'm, you a, liked it. I'm a self-proclaimed action movie junkie. Yeah, I liked it. Okay. If you don't like action movies, you won't like this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's... 
it's really good. But if you just don't like action movies, move on. It's not for you. I mean, I, I think <laughs> I'm, I think it's pretty fair. So, how did you feel about this movie? Did you like it? I did like it. I do. I do think it's worth the price of subscription. I mean, I expounded on its production and filmmaking virtues earlier, but all in all, oh, it was a fantastic movie. Yeah. Probably from 25 minutes in is when I got hooked. Because right up until then, it's you know we don't know what's going on. Well, when I say we, but. If you don't watch the, if you don't read the blurb, watch the trailer, you really don't know what's going on. You're just like, oh, great, another yeah. well, action yeah, movie. Yeah, Charlize Theron's kinda... got some. I think she has a fair amount of star power, especially in the action movie scene. What with Mad Max and Atomic Blonde, and then she's in the Fast and Furious movies, so she's been making headway in that oh, area. I watched this movie with my wife when it was on. Like, you know, we played on Netflix on a TV, and it just shows Charlize's face, and she's like, you know. <laughs> You just want to watch this movie because Charlize is in it. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, She's, yeah, yeah, of course I do. <laughs> she picks good projects, man. After Mad Max Fury Road, I I am a ride or die Furiosa stand. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah. I'm down. Well, feel free if you liked this episode or if you didn't like this episode, which I don't know why you wouldn't. Let us know how we did. You can email me at, or email us, I should say, at scifiwiseguys at gmail.com. Give us your opinions, suggestions for movies so uh, we can watch them and then uh, judge you for the yeah. movies of which you have chosen for us to watch. Yeah. So feel free. You don't get to hear, y'all don't get to hear a lot of the judging of each other that we do <laughs> in between filming these. But man, I would, I would love for somebody besides myself to be judged <laughs> for my decisions. I feel like we've judged each other so much before we decided to do a podcast. <laughs> we're <Yeah>. just numb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm judgeless. Yeah. If you don't want to email, you can also send us your opinions or suggestions via Twitter at yeah. B underscore roll podcast. Hit us up. We can make fun of you there more publicly. <laughs> if for some reason you still use Facebook for your social media platform of choice, there is a B roll podcast group that you can join. And then finally, lastly, but not leastly, be sure to check out all the other episodes that you may not have listened to. We're available on all major podcasting platforms. If you leave a five-star review with some text in it, we'll actually read it on air. This is the second review that we got by someone named Trip D on June 30th of 2020. Worth the listen if you enjoy B-movies. Two exclamation points. Thanks. Thanks, Trip. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well... I'm completely out of social media plugs. I have one more. Uh, oh, hit me. <laughs> I don't know why. I might cut it. Uh, no, if you really, really liked what you heard, you can support us through our Patreon, patreon.com slash B underscore roll, just to help with some of the costs of hosting and recording and all that. We'd really appreciate it. Any donations that you give go directly towards making this podcast better. Yes. That'll about do it for me. That, well, that'll about do it for you. That'll do it. That'll All right, do. man. Well, that'll do. We want to thank. <laughs> we want to thank everyone for listening, and remember, twenty twenty is rough. It's important for you to stay healthy, stay happy, and listen to this podcast. Bye. Bye.
when I looked up how to say Matthias Schoenart's, Schoenart's name, mm-hmm. uh, I clicked on his Wikipedia, and he starred in a movie called Electra, also known as uh, Ellen Calling. It's a 2004 Belgian thriller drama. He's Dutch or Belgian? He's Belgian. Oh, well, it says Dutch somewhere in his... Oh, the pron- pronunciation. Anyways. Pronunciation? Pronunciation. I don't know. Anyways. Nailed it. He plays a character named DJ Cosmonaut X. <laughs> it won B-Movie <laughs> Award for Best Foreign Film at the B-Movie Film Festival of 2006. Which, that was oh, the last man. year they did that festival, unfortunately. And he, no, he didn't win anything in particular, but... <laughs> yeah. yeah. It won Same. Best Cinematography at Cyprus International Film Festival. Anyways, so he played somebody named DJ Cosmonaut X. And, uh, yeah, I like it a lot. 